Yo. Okay, I think it's working, so I think we're good. Uh, my my app's being weird, but I don't think it's going to affect the recording. How dare you! All right, well, everybody, welcome to Chaos Inside. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. That guy over there, he is not in fact saucy. That's Mr. Our Device. Yeah, you get get it. And uh, today we are doing our wrap up for. Uh, Forbidden Door, talking about Collision, doing other stuff. So we got a lot of stuff to get to. Um, I think the best place to start, just because it has been a little bit since we did it, we should start with what we were requested for the Royal Rumble that we watched and just move on from there. And we yep. get all the other stuff. So uh, Nick, who uh, went to Facebook, found Chaos Everywhere and wrote us a request for a episode. Um for the Royal Rumble 1989, then asked me like to do a grade A to F or F to A, whatever he wants. I'd like to say F to A. Anyway, like grade the pay-per-view. We've never done that before, so I thought that's a great idea, so now we're going to grade it. Um, if you want to, by the way, do that, you can also go there and request anything you want, and we'll do it, or you can write us at chaospodshow at gmail.com. All right, so um, I don't know if you've given any thought. Do you have a grade for the 1989 Royal Rumble? Oh, uh, I mean, an overall grade, I would probably give it like a C, right, right down the middle. I think that's fair. Um, I think... hey, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, because there was, like, some fun parts. Like, mm-hmm. even though the pose-off was fucking stupid. It was also pretty fucking funny. Right. So yeah, like, no, that no. actually grades pretty high for me because I enjoy co- I enjoy the funnier yeah. sides of wrestling sometimes. And even though yeah. I don't think that was meant to be funny, it was pretty hilarious. No, I think it definitely parts were meant to be funny, but Bobby was out there to make it funny. Like, um, I, yeah, I don't think either the wrestlers were trying to make it funny, but I think the reason Bobby was out there was to make it a funny, like, just light segment. Yeah. So... That's true. And I think the Royal Rumble, even though we made a lot about how the eventual winner of the match didn't make any sense, right. um, the overall match itself was still pretty good. Like It was nice that you start off with um, Axe and Smash. I would say it gets a little repetitive that just tag teams yeah, just that randomly does. keep showing up. Yeah. But, yes, quote-unquote randomly. Right, but that's also not 100% like on the 1989 Royal Rumble. It happens a lot in Royal Rumbles. The tag team yeah. seem to put together for that exact reason. So it just oh, that's a good idea. It's never been done before. You know this tag team we've got for the Royal Rumble? Let's have them come in one after another. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I would say if I was going to give it a grade, I would probably stick around the same place you did. Maybe a C+. Plus. Um just because I really did enjoy the mark for that time period. Well, yes, but also I really did enjoy the six man um, tag match that started the show. That was like the best match of the night. Oh, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that was really solid. So, but yeah, I wouldn't say like the overall show. Yeah, it's it's 
really good. It's worth watching. But the Royal Rumble is also kind of weird anytime before 93 or even 92. Because right. like, why, why are we doing this other than to give Hogan two wins later yeah. on? So, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Oh, all right. But yeah, there you go. There's your grade for that. And um, yeah, so uh, we've got other stuff to get into. I, I'm going to admit, I'm not caught up in ROH at all. Like, I, I'm like, oh, no. like three weeks behind. Well, it's only because I'm paying for it that I'm like, I really should get yeah, it. Yeah, caught up with it. But for right now, I'm not really caught up in it. So I think we'll just skip over ROH for now. I, I mean, realistically, I don't even think there's anything really going on. I did hear that Athena had a really, really, really good match, like a banger of like a match against somebody, but I don't know who it was even. Oh, really? But like, I heard a lot of people saying, "Wow, that was a really good match." Wow. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll do my best to catch back up to it, and we'll see. You know, maybe I'll just skip ahead, and we'll I'll start fresh and keep going forward. Uh, just because stuff got in the way, and then it just you know now I'm like three weeks behind. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll skip over that. We'll just go into AEW. Before we get into the Forbidden Door stuff, uh, we should probably talk about like what led up to it. Uh, as far as, I guess the best thing to start with is Collision. Like, What have you thought of the two episodes of Collision so far? It's different. Yeah. You can, you can tell, like, you can tell, like, it's being done differently. You know what I mean? Right. You, um, um, I'm trying to be nice uh, about it. I don't hate it. Like it's, it's not like it's been bad. No, like, I it's think been, it's been fine. Yeah, I think the difference is is a good thing, and that like it does feel different than Dynamite. Yeah, um, I just, I got man, I, I've been trying not to be too like rough about this. Uh huh. But just like God, punks, punks, fucking promo, right? Is it like? The first collision was just so infuriating, dude. Honestly, like, I know it pisses you off for real, but as long as, and I think that's what they're going to do, as long as they use it and they use it to turn and heal, fine. Like, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, so use it, turn and heal, that, do it. Well, yeah, it's not like I'm I'm looking at it being like, oh, he's gone. Like, I, I do I wish they never brought him back in the first place? Yes. But he's here, and I know that. That's fine. Yeah. So, as long as they turn him heel, whatever, it's fine. I just, the whole, like, like, I don't know, because he made some statements in that promo of, like, oh, I I don't remember exactly, but there was, like, some shit that he was, that he was saying, and then he was, like, there were Every once in a while, when he would say the like "stop me when I'm lying" or like "tell me when I'm lying," I'd be like, "Dude, you just fucking lied." Right. But yeah, no. But I, but I did. Um, I okay. So I will give him his credit in that. Yes, you. He's will. clearly. He's clear. No, I'm going to give him his credit because he's doing some stuff that is working towards like being a heel. Yeah. He's clearly one listening to our podcast because he is playing off the CM Hogan thing, like in every match so far. Which is hilarious, actually. Um, I mean, but, he should embrace it. He's he he is like like when he like uh, he's just so frustrating because it's like 
Because it, it, it is. It's literally... He's literally our modern-day Hogan. Yeah. But I also appreciated that promo, because like, I understand like why it frustrated you, but I did appreciate from an art... From the artistic side of doing a promo to almost mirror his first promo, but clearly like the like a uh, heel mirror, you know what I mean? Like take everything he said in that first promo that everybody loved and basically turn it on its head and as a heel. I just I appreciated the artistry of doing that. Bringing back the tell me when I'm lying and all that other stuff. So and yeah, I get that. He's man, he just really uh I don't know. Like, it's so different from like, and I, I think I said this to you when it when it first happened. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's so different from like MJF heat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like no, it, yeah, no, I got that. Like no. MJF says some pretty like messed up shit, but at the same time, you know, and he does the whole like. And he like kind of like feeds the whole like I hate this company type stuff, you know what I mean? Right. But like, th- there's something about the way he does it that makes it a lot more accepting, I guess. Right. And enjoyable. Whereas, like, I don't know, man. There's something about CM Punk that, like, when he tries to do a similar thing, he, at least for me, he just comes off as a grouchy old prick. Right. I mean, like entitled. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like he's going to have to walk this line because right now, yeah, it is a different type of because I don't think it has any of that wink, like the crowd booing, but still being entertained um, by him. I think it has a potential to actually be. Yeah. Which isn't a bad bad thing. Like I understand, like I understand the frustration, but it isn't a bad thing. There's a reason that, like, the f- fan for wrestlers back in the day, there were certain heels that it was an honor that fans would stab them. Like, there's a certain amount of heat that we haven't seen in our lifetimes, basically, because we just didn't grow up with it because everything sort of was changing. If they can find a way to recapture that, that's something that I don't, I think, can take them above, like, and beyond where they are now. I don't know if they can, and I don't know what might happen is that this heat will become, like, just get them the fuck off my TV heat, and that would be a problem, I mean, but if... I feel like but, it's yeah. almost already there. Like, did you hear Toronto? Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll see what happens. I <laughs> I, I never yeah. thought I'd be more in line with Canadians than I was that day. Oh, God, I love Canadians. My I people. did have a thought for Collision in general that's not CM Punk related. I really think for the titles, um, I don't know if I want individual titles for both shows, but I really think it'd be a a good idea for the TNT title to be exclusively (laughs) Collision and the the international title to be Dynamite. Just so that both titles have their own separate, you know... It almost feels like that's what... Yeah. It's it's not like uh, it's not like Christian's been on. I don't think Christian's been on dynamite since yeah. collision, <laughs> right? But I, and I, by the way, I also really do love that storyline with the whole fucking Luchasaurus being the yeah. champion of Christian. I love that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's uh, really good. 
I wonder how long that's going to go before, like, are we getting a Luchasaurus turn, or is it just, like, Luchasaurus is going to be cool with it until, like, Christian fucks up the title reign for him? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how to see how they're going to play it out. Yeah, I don't so. know. Like, I could see... I could see Luchasaurus eventually going face again. Mm-hmm. And turning on Christian, just because Christian is such a good heel. Yeah. Like, he, he's not a bad face, but he's always been a better heel. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I could see it either way, so. Um, yeah, but I guess we'll just wait and see. So, I don't know, like, what would be the fastest way to do this. Well, not that we have to be fast, but, like, you want to just, uh, we'll go through the card of Forbidden Door, talk about that, and anything left, like, championship-wise or whatever, we can then cover after we've gone through Forbidden Door, because Forbidden Door will basically cover where we are to current yeah. with most of the stuff. All right. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. <clears throat> All right, so um, I've got the list up in front of us, and I will give everybody their check marks. I was, like, nearly perfect, which I'm very happy about, but... Um, we'll see how the black pen did, especially. So starting off with our first match in the pre-card, which was the only one we could have predicted was Athena versus, um, Billy, um, Starks, uh, DJ Madman and his black pen chose Billy Starks and we both chose Athena and shocker. We were right. Um, that was a really good match though. Yeah, for especially like I know they kind of hammer the point home a little bit too much. Like it puts too much pressure on a girl that young. But she did for good. Her, yeah, for her age, she did good. I'm just worried that the commentary team's gonna like McIntyre. Well, yeah, I get that, but I wouldn't even say for her age. I would just say like she did good. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. Ending... Like we would be like if that was like a if that was like someone. If that was like a vet on the same level as Athena, and they had that match, we would we would be saying that was a good match, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. No, so I, like, I thought the match itself was good. I was that was the only downside was like the commentary was like, yeah, stop talking about her academic ability. Like you can't put all this like prodigy energy on her because it's just going to turn the crowd eventually. I think, or it has done it to maybe. others in the past. Yeah, so. I don't know. Like, but yeah, but I mean, that was that's more on the commentators than it is the match. Like, the match yeah. itself is still really good. Yeah, and I like the finish a lot. I like that it was basically a huge mistake by the you know young uh, person, and then Athena just took advantage to win the match. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I and I also really like Athena moving on in the tournament. I would like to see Athena win the whole tournament. I think it would bring. Um, like, because the tournament itself so far hasn't meant that much as far as like what it does for you, but it right. would bring um, attention to Athena as the ROH Women's Champion um, in- instead of the other two that are constantly being talked about. So, that would be cool. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would be cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, the next match is the one that was canceled. So, just for the record, we. Um, you and DJ Madman both picked uh, Cole, and I picked Lawler. We didn't get that match didn't happen because of um, Adam Cole. I guess from what I read, he had the flu, so oh. like he showed up at the building, had the flu, and they said, "No, get the fuck out of here." So, so that's what Mark. happened to the match. Um, 
I don't know. This match really worried me, and I'm because, uh, like, like I said, I ended up almost having a perfect score. I know. Oh, we would have because there's no yeah. way Lawler was winning that match. Adam Cole was winning. Yeah, and then, so but also, that would have tied us up. Going into it, there was a chance, like, if the elite had won or the elite had lost, and Lawler had lost, you would have been up by two, basically, to me and DJ Madman. Like, I would have tied yeah. with the black pen. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, but yeah, good for me that that didn't happen. Uh, the so yeah, that's what happened with the match. Disappointing, but I think the overall show made up for it. And I think, by the way, that explains why for um for certain matches went longer or felt like they were going longer because they just had yes. more time to work with certain so, matches. Well, there was the uh, fifteen minute one at the kickoff, but I don't think that mattered. But like Omega and. Osprey went over a half hour. Oh, okay, yeah, you're gonna go. You, oh God, you're such a punk, Mark. Yeah, and Omega yeah, and Punk and uh, Kojima went long, and I think MJF and uh, what's his name that I can't think of right now went long too. Like it wasn't like horrible oh, no, long. Yeah, but I think all three of those matches were stretched out a little bit in order to make up for the time that was supposed to be for Cole and Mahler. I'm Sorry. I'm gonna tell you right now the 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 Osprey Omega match wasn't I don't think that was stretched out for them I think yeah. that was I think that went as long as it was going to go anyways well, maybe that because like that's around how long their match at uh their match in in Japan went right yeah well whatever we're not Tony Khan so we don't know what was stretched out I'm assuming my, you're probably right about the Punk and Kojima match I didn't hate that but um, I understand why you said it felt like it went a little long as far as like the false finishes by the end but um, we'll get to that in a second the next one was the uh, on our list not in the show but the next one on our list was the six man tag with uh, Sting Naito and Darby and um, uh, the Suzuki Sex gods? Is that what they were calling I themselves? I think that's what they were calling themselves, yeah. So, Suzuki, Jericho, awesome. So, all three of us, the pen included, picked uh, the Naito team. We were all right. Yay. Um, yeah. I, this match was fine. It was good for a break between the yeah. other matches. Uh, that's exactly what it was, too. I was, a, was really fucking worried, and I've seen other people comment that Cutter from Sammy off the top rope. Oh yeah. Sting, that that scared the shit out of me because I'm like, oh no 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 we don't ram Sting's head into the mat. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, I must have I must have saw it at like a different angle or something. Because like yeah. when I saw it I didn't think it looked like I thought like it looked like he went straight down, but it looked like his hands went on the mat instead of his head. Like to yeah. me he looked perfectly safe. Yeah, no, I I've seen other people that are worried about too, but I for me it looked it looked dangerous. I was, wor- I was actively worried about Sting after that move hit, um, but he looked like he was fine afterwards. He was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't know. I I could have sworn I saw both his hands hit the mat instead, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Suzuki. Um, like also showed a lot more like not that I don't think Suzuki is a good wrestler or that I don't like him. I really do like him, but he was playing with Jericho and Sammy, like doing the pose. I'm like, that feels out of character, but I kind of love it. Oh, um, it was hilarious. So yeah. I not like him. So that's really cool. Yeah. 
And then there was the big fallout, I guess, in the press conference. I didn't see the whole clip, but Jericho stormed in. Yeah, Jericho stormed in during Sting talking and like challenged Sting and Darby to a tag match on Dynamite with him and Sammy, I guess. So we're not done with this yet. That's good. Dynamite should hopefully then Dynamite can be like the blow off of Sammy finally like splitting from Jericho. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, but we'll see what happens. Um, all right. So the next one is the on our list was the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. So you both had the Blackpool Combat Club, and I picked the Elite, which seemed like a really. Uh, yes, I can't believe. Time. Honestly, yeah. this is uh, like only after the last match started did I realize. Oh, the fact that I got this right means that I'm not going to have a perfect night. There's yeah. no way Danielson's losing if the Blackpool Combat Club lost earlier. Um, but yeah, no, I, the match itself was really good. Uh, I liked all the, um, like it was a bit of a spot thing, but I was cool with that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of this one overall? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I'm a, I'm more of a mark for the spot fest than you are, but yeah, but yeah, no, I thought it was really good. I thought. The only thing that I really, I really think that Eddie Kingston jumping in for the for Moxley for the super kicks, I think if that had led to them losing, it would have been yeah. really cool and really good. But the yeah. fact that it didn't really amount to anything made it felt made it feel really just stupid and pointless to me, and it made Eddie look really dumb. Yeah, I can see that. I I think I was right there with you that I thought that was the end of the match too. Like, no, you felt basically... like it should have been. Yeah, like, but what, like, I was like, oh, yeah, no, like, Kingston, that, that's almost what we called. You thought that Kingston was going to screw it up for his, like, team. And I think that's, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be, too. But um, now they, they rallied. I don't know what the hell happens next. I did that enjoy some him, of, that, yeah. like, I'm sorry, but, like, that just makes him look really bad, though. You know what I mean? I think, I mean, I understand why you, you say that, but I think it kind of works for his character because Eddie's character is always the guy that's like thinking with his heart, not his head. So, like, I it kind of so works, but you're right. It also kind of looks stupid. In but I think it looks stupid in a way that makes sense for who he is on TV. Basically, I guess like, he's the kind of guy that has all this history of Moxley. So. In the heat of the moment, he's not going to think about what he should do or what side he's on. He's going to jump in, and then only afterwards realize how stupid he is. So, but I did also enjoy his react, his um, like interaction with the young bucks, even after they won. Like he was like, "Get the fuck away from me and don't touch me." That's like Matt Jackson was like trying to like like pat him on the shoulder or something. Yeah, I just he has become I. When Eddie Kingston first showed up in AEW, I was all in. I was like, this is awesome. I'm so happy. Like, he's so good. And he is. He's very good. But the Eddie Kingston character grinds my gears more and more as I watch him. Yeah. Like, he is, like, I just can't, I can't enjoy a wrestler that does such like stupid shit right yeah no I understand well, it's like the whole like 
I, I don't mind the whole like self imploding character as a character for like a little bit. Right. But when that's all your character is. Right. And you take it to like the unteenth degree, it just gets right. really annoying to watch, honestly, for me. That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. It, like, yeah. it gets to the point where like, even if like, for example, if and I would say hopefully when because I I would still like to see this happen, but like right. if Eddie does eventually beat Claudio for the ROH World Title, the first five seconds are of of me seeing it are going to be like oh that's cool good for him finally he's got it, but then after that five seconds is up I'm going to be like, the next thought to pop in my head is basically going to be huh I wonder how he's going to fuck this up for himself, right, and I don't right. mean like I don't mean in like real life. Like, I'm not talking about, like, a Jeff Hardy situation. I just mean, like, how will the character, like, fuck this up for himself? Like, come out and, like, challenge, like, half the roster, like, the next time. Yeah, or, like, some stupid crap like that. You know what I mean? I gotcha. And like I said, for, like, a a little bit of a story arc, a character like that is fine. But when it's your, when it's, like, the only thing you're, it's, like, your defining characteristic as a character, and it's basically, you play it. I think it, I think a part of it is also that it gets kind of boring for me because it's basically playing out the same way every single time. Right. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, let's see what happens. Hopefully my hope would be that that like character evolves once he get, wins the big one, because like then you evolve him away from self destruction, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I, I, there's no way to know. Now one match that, and this is completely on me because I did listen back to the episode while we were on there because I knew I could just fast forward to find it in the list where it should be. Um, I accidentally jumped over Willow Nightingale and uh, Tony Storm. Um, you can think of that what you want based on my like track record. Yeah, r- right. But <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident of reading. Like I listened to it. I was like, no, I just completely skipped over because I was just reading the list. And yeah. Um, I'm gonna give us. I'm gonna give us us because we don't know what the black pen would have picked, but I think we both knew that Tony Storm was not going to be yeah, losing her title to Lily. So that one wasn't going to be a hard one to predict. It was a really good match. Oh, absolutely. Uh, overall, Dude, Willow, did, Willow Nightingale is so good. Yeah, like I I love her. Like she's essentially like she's essentially Bailey. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she's kind of basically AEW's version of Bailey. Yeah, of like the space version of Bailey. Yeah, no, and I and I think she does it really well. But then she also, which is something the face character of Bailey kind of struggle with, she has another gear when she actually gets yeah. in the mat that like she then turns into an ass kicker, which is really good. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it'll be long before she holds one of the AEW titles. I'm not sure which one it's going to be first because it seemed like it was going to be the ROH. But then I think the strong title just sort of got dropped in her lap. So now it's like, well, you're not going to be a dual champion. So it's more about like, okay, when do we get the strong title off for, and maybe then she'll get one of the other ones. But we'll yeah, have to see what I, don't, I don't think she's, I don't think she's getting an AEW title until she drops the yeah. New Japan title, which yeah. might not. If I had to guess, I would say it probably won't happen until Mercedes Monet comes back. Right, so she might for a while. She might a hold on to it for a while. Or maybe not. Yeah. I could be wrong. She could lose it to a stardom person. She did just get challenged by a stardom person. Right. Um, so, yeah, maybe that'll be what happens. 
So, I don't think it's going to happen right now, but that might be what happens eventually down the line. Maybe. Depending, I don't know how long Monet is out, but it's like I think it was supposed to be six to eight months, like because okay. it was a pretty bad break. So gotcha. it'll be a while. Um, all right. So the next one on our list here um, is the four way for the international title. Um, it's oh, uh, Garcia. Yeah, Garcia, Orange Cassidy, Zack Sabre Jr., and Sato. And um, uh, let's see. The Black Pen picked Garcia, and then we both picked Orange Cassidy. Um, so this was right. not a good one for the Black Pen. Uh, yeah, no, the match itself was fucking intense. Um, I, I, I don't want to jump right to the end, but my first thought when I like saw the finish was like, wow, that was a little MJ, MJF-y. Of right? Cassidy to sort of like jump in there the last minute to get the three. That's what I was so, thinking too. I was like, oh wow, look at you, Orange, doing whatever it takes. Good for you, yeah. man. I, and they also it was it was nice because like he did that on Shibata and then on Shibata, Shibata, yeah. But then Shibata at the end was like still like, oh no, we're cool. Like I understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah absolutely. Oh, uh, but oh, um, really good. Yeah, no, Zack Saber Junior.'s like work in that match was like. It, he made me really believe that if it was a one-on-one with him and Orange Cassidy with like the Orange Cassidy storyline we're doing that he would have like, won yeah he would have just broken him like he yeah. would have tied him up in a knot and broken him uh, but yeah no I, I really enjoyed the whole thing uh, I think we all kind of knew except for the black pen that, <laughs> that you know Orange Cassidy was going to win this because the other three had well Garcia didn't. Garcia was actually the only pick that made sense other than Orange Cassidy. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, they weren't going to put it on the other two for titles. So. No. Yeah, uh, they, everyone looked so good in that match, too, which made me happy. Like, Garcia killed it, too. Yeah. No, he, even though he took the pin, he was like, uh, it was a really standout performance for him. So, so dude, was it just me, or did he feel like really over in that match, too? Like it, it felt like the crowd was kind of really into him. It might have been, and this this is just me knowing the area. It might have been the fact that they were in Toronto and Buffalo's like right Buffalo's there, kind of right there, yeah. So it's close to a home t- a hometown advantage kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. That might have been part of it. But yeah, he was also. It was just yeah. The whole crowd was right behind him. So. Alrighty, uh, the next one is on our list: CM Punk versus Kojima. Um, we all three of us got this right with a uh, punk winning. Um, I, uh, yeah, the match itself went, it was weird because I think for an audience that's not aware of Kojima, I don't think it would have seemed out of place the way the match went, but yeah. knowing what I know about Kojima, that he's now like the veteran that's constantly wrestling the young lions and not always winning. It's weird to have him come in and like have a back and forth like this with Punk, right? Um, but I think that's like a minority of the fan base. So I think the match itself works for most people that haven't watched any New Japan. Uh, I did enjoy some of the stuff. Like I, I said, I enjoyed the Hogan stuff. I liked the stuff that the commentary team had to like explain about using the Mongolian chop and how that's disrespectful. <laughs> And the trading elbow drops, but one of them basically being an elbow drop to the you know lower region, that was pretty yeah. fun. Um, um, did you yeah. just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. because you just happened to know the os- the length of time for Osprey Omega so quickly? 
Did you look up to see how long this match was? No. The only reason I knew that Osprey and Omega went that long is because they made a point of saying it went past the 30-minute mark in commentary. Oh, um, that's the only reason it, that stuck in my head. So, oh, yeah. No, it wasn't like I was sitting there watching the clock, watching Omega and Osprey. They just brought it up, so it stuck in my head. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying, because like, I, obviously I can't look because of how I'm on the recording. Like, yeah. I can't look at my phone. But like, it wouldn't surprise me if that match was like close to twenty minutes. Uh, I can try and Google it really quick. First is Punk. Uh, like it's not um, a huge deal, but like I feel like it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Let's see here. I mean, I can look and see if I can pull it up in the things. It, it felt that long. You know what I mean? Like. Like, yeah, it, no, just, no. it just felt like a, and that's not entirely Punk's fault because like Kojima's partly to blame probably, but it just right. did. It just felt very long. Um, uh, not seeing it. Well, yeah, I'm not finding it quickly, so that's fine. And like, obviously, a part of it is also that I'm watching it the whole time, just being like, oh, this fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I. I. Um. I. I'm glad that they're embracing the healness. I think it's going to continue to be a thing. It's all going to be about a balancing act. I hope that it's all an act for TV and that the shit isn't really going down backstage anymore, but we'll just have to fucking wait and see. Well, apparently um, they had to keep them separated. Yeah. Like I'm, door. Which to, it yeah. blew my mind, dude. Because like a perfect... Oh, man, this still really bugs me. A perfect example... Kingston and Claudio have like real life beef. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's squashed at this point, but like real life did not like each other. And they are able to work together as adults. Yeah, no, I, I understand that it is annoying that like we're having to deal with this like high school bullshit. It's like, yeah, get over yourselves. And I'm not, yeah, and I'm not blaming one side entirely. I, cause like obviously Punk is partly to blame. And especially because he had the same, he did the same exact shit with Cole Cabana too. Right. You know what I mean? Like he has a history of not being able to squash beef, beef cause he's just too fucking proud. But like, right. honestly though, like, I mean, the elite side too is, is a partly to blame as well. So it just seems yeah. like nobody's willing to, it's just it's just annoying. Yeah. I will say I haven't like looked into it deeply, but one thing one of the reasons that I think uh like they're starting to see a return on the investment, not only the collision's been doing well, but apparently ticket sales have gone back up or have been going up since Punk came back. So like that's good, I guess. It's again, it's all just about juggling at this point, and we'll see how well Tony Khan can juggle things. So yeah. yeah, we'll see. Because it is, it is one of those things that whatever, whatever CM Hogan wants, CM Hogan's gonna get. So, right. like yeah. honestly, short of the elite all being fired at once, like, because right. God, it's so fucking annoying. Because even that fucking ESPN interview, like, he he brought up Hangman Page like out of nowhere, and just right. started talking mad shit about him. Yeah. No, and it's that, just so fucking stupid and petty. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I will say from what I've read, I guess that all of that was like pre um, approved. So it wasn't like it was being, it wasn't blindsiding, at least the company, whether it was blindsiding Paige or not, I don't know. But it wasn't blindsiding the company by Well, the company didn't know he was going to talk about Paige. I thought I thought I've heard that they did know that he was going to bring up Paige. Not for the, I, don't know, I might be wrong, but to I my knowledge, know. I, I don't think they were much. aware that specifically what he was going to be talking about when it came to Paige. Yeah. Well, like I said, well, it's all on Tony to like keep the peace and do it, do this yeah. healthily. And I yeah, guess he's he's got a spine. Yeah, it, that's <laughs> the thing. It's it's a real test for a manager of like fucking individuals, and. Yeah. Uh, We'll have to hope that he's up to it. All right. So the next match on this list was Sonata versus Jungle Boy. Um, ooh, ooh. The match itself was really, really good. Uh, Damn right it was. Dude, I, Sonata's, I think, Sonata's like, he's so much better than I remembered him being. Yeah, I was going to say, like you told me, because I don't know anything about Sonata. I know that you were like, yeah, he's not like... But we're going into it, you're like, if he were was a better world champion, he would require a better opponent on the AEW roster, yeah. basically, or a bigger opponent. Um, but yeah, so coming out of the match, you're like, oh no, maybe he does has stepped he up. The game. Well, they both yeah. did. they were both crazy good. It was a really really good match. Yeah, I um I really agree. I think honestly, for me. Uh, got a little overshadowed by the ending, like the very ending, but Ooh, the match itself I is really good. That shit. Yeah, I like. I had an idea that it might happen um, when I forget what episode it was. Either Rampage or Dynamite. Whenever like he was being booed and he was like looking out at the crowd, like really, you're gonna boo me? Like it was like, oh, I don't think he liked being booed. That, that seemed well, better get used to it now. Yeah. I'm so, telling yeah. you, man, we're one step closer to my four pillars faction. Oh, uh, yeah, but now Sam is going to turn face. So we'll see. And, uh, um, but Maybe I did Jericho enjoy... turns face. You don't know. I I also want to say I enjoyed what they did because I they obviously had the plan to change up the commentary team like halfway through, take out yeah. Taz, put in Tony. So having that betrayal of Hook be the thing that made, like, Taz leave ringside was actually really cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, just it was really well done. So, but yeah, um, I'm interested to see how the storyline goes. I'm actually much more interested in them against each other like this than they would have been as a tag team. Like, yeah, I've never I really sold on Jungle Hook. I, I um, gotta tell you, I feel like Jungle Boy has to get the, the wins on Hook at this yeah. point for this. Like, this yeah, has got to be fine. I feel like this has to be the first kind of like feud or whatever that yeah. like really puts Hook kind of in his place. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm also interested down the line to see like even if it's just like a backstage interaction with him and Christian, like you finally yeah. woke up or something. Like just yeah, yeah. I think that'll be fun. Uh, Which honestly, for I would love that if the reaction to that is Jungle Boy just beats the show. Yeah. Now here's something I just, lying there and then walks away. Here's something I just thought of. Does he? I think you you gotta change the theme song. You gotta, yeah, yeah. Like he was already mocking the hand waving after he did it. So, but I wonder what you change it to. That's gonna be interesting. Um, mm. Also, might have been just a money saving measure because like they've had it for about a year and that like 
was an actual song that's probably expensive. So. I, you know, I got to tell you, man, I don't think they had him go heel to save money on his entrance. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like <laughs> that's that exactly what you just. I don't think no, you I'm meant it that way, but that's how you said it. <laughs> oh, that's not what I meant. I just meant like it's a um, added bonus that oh, hey, we can save money by not having okay. to pay for the royalty, that especially when more. That makes a lot more sense than yeah. I mean, they might have also done it, you know, save money on his entrance. Well, I'm. This is really inside baseball, but I have a feeling AEW's music budget went up when you've gotten fucking Elton John and a certain other moment that happened later in this pay per view. So I feel like you've probably been spending a lot of money on music lately. So yeah. maybe that was part of it, um, or at least like a bonus. Like I said, not like the reason for it. Um, we'll have to see what they do. So the next one on our list is MJF uh, versus. What the fuck's his name? I had it and I forgot it. What what's the ace's name? Because I'm gonna fucking fuck it up. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Thank you. Ta- you know what it was? I wanted to say Takeshna. I'm like, no, that's not. It's nope. Tanahashi. Nope. <laughs> I okay. I love them, Jeff. I I love the fucking robe <laughs> called New Japan and Indy. Uh, Right. I love the touch of like pre-scheduling a tweet about how he's already beat Tanahashi and on his way home because he knew how long it would take to beat him. Did you do you remember that from the commentary? Uh that was such that was such good modern heel work yeah. that no one's ever thought to do before. I was like, God damn, the man's a genius. I don't under I don't understand how all right, so I I had a conversation with my father uh-huh. and it went along the lines of, yeah, I don't, I don't really like MJF. And then, it, and then me going, what? How, how was that even, how is that even possible? I was like, you like Ric Flair back in the day, right? And he's like, yeah, I love Flair. And I was like, that, what, how, what? This makes no sense. He's just like, I just think he's boring. What? I, I, like I was gonna ask, did you just try and sit him down? Like, do, do you understand that he's better than you, and you know that, and you know it. <laughs> I just well, I tried to explain. I was I was trying to explain. He's like he's basically the modern. He's like our modern day flair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yeah, close. That's the closest real. Like the closest real like comparison to give. And I yeah, was like, fair. and like you love flair as a heel. Talking about my dad, I was right. like, you love flair as a heel. Like how do you not how do you not like MJF? It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I love him. I love this match. Um yeah, it was still, really good. I still believe if the Cole match had happened, he was coming back. But I did see a video of I don't even know if it was like in an airport. Or somewhere, but like I saw him on TikTok, like making a video, like, yeah, I'm being Tanahashi and I'm trying to catch my flight, like, which implied that it was like happening while the pay per view was still going on. Right, which, yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. Um, I, yeah, like, I will say, I, like, I do love Tanahashi and I appreciate everything he did for New Japan throughout his career. Right. I do kind of wish he would retire. Right. Because it like it hurts me watching him wrestle at this point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I don't. Know. I don't know if you noticed or not, but like just him, just him running the ropes makes me feel pain. 
Yeah, if you know, especially if you know his like knee trouble, you can see it. But even if you didn't know, you could you could tell. Oh, there's something off about this. Yeah, like you can tell that it's not doesn't work right. I will say part of um, I do enjoy the fact that they put the MJF and CM Punk matches back to back just because they were going to be similar, and you're dealing with um, yeah, like older like Japanese wrestlers, so. They were great openers, and MJF giving the thing of like not wanting to watch New Japan made it even better because you could put the world title there without like insulting the world title, basically. Right. So I think that was, it was really good card construction because from there you can build up to the other stuff that got much more intense as you went along. So, but yeah, no, I again great match. MJF obviously was going to win because well, I mean obviously. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next as far as like him and Adam Cole. Uh, well, they're going to be a tag team. That's true. Like, but how are they going to play it? Because like, I there's part of the storyline that didn't get played out on uh, Forbidden Door. So I wonder if they're going to do what they were planning on doing at the pay per view. Like, oh, we had to cancel the Adam Cole Waller match, but we're going to do it on Dynamite and then just do what they were going to do, whatever that is. Of I I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think it's going to be that easy. Yeah. And they might yeah. just drop whatever they're going to do and just continue on. You never know. I don't know if this is true because I didn't like I didn't look into it, but I read an article headline that said that Tony Khan admits they tried to use Chat GPT to uh, book wrestling. And I'm like, God, I hope that's not true. Oh, I hope he's not that stupid. No, that had to be a joke. I hope so. There's no um, way. Yeah, no, like I said, I just read the headline, but the fact that by the, the immediately I'm not 100% sure it's a joke is a problem. Like, uh, there's, like, what you said it was, a, do you know what it was a headline from? Like, what was the. It was just a, like, because I have random stuff on my Facebook feed that's like dirt sheets and shit. So oh, it, okay. It, it could just be dirt sheet bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't believe that. No, there's no way. By the way, if we find out like six months that it was true, I'm going to be really, really sad. Um, Like, because it's been like the storyline progress, like storyline wise, AEW has been, for the most part, really good the entire time. Right. Yes, it's had a miss here and there every once in a while, but on on the whole, it's been very, very good. So if like he was using that this whole time. No, it was like that he tried to use it. Like, even the thought that he tried to do it would annoy me. Oh, like, he probably yeah. did it as a joke. Or, like, he probably so. just did it because it was out of, like, knowing, like, not knowing, but, like, seeing how Tony Khan acts and just, like, the way he is, he seems very, he's extreme. You can tell that is a nerdy motherfucker. Right. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he did it just to try it and just to see what it seemed like. He per- he didn't you he I doubt he used anything from it, but he yeah, he probably tried it just to see what it was like. Right. Well like that's not that's not a big deal. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, like well, yeah. that's that's stupid. Like if he like actually used it and it was like some shitty stuff, then yeah, then I would feel like all hope is lost. But literally right. like him just doing it just for the sake of just like trying it just to see what it would come up with, that's perfectly harmless and anyone who anyone who has a problem with that i think needs to get their head out of their butts and right. needs to get off their pedestal that's fair 
I don't think that's a nice thing to say about me, but whatever. That's no, I'm kidding. Um, I don't think I don't. Honestly, I say it that way because I don't think that you have a problem. I I would assume that you wouldn't have a problem with it, knowing that he just did it just for the sake of being like, oh, I wonder what this is like. No, only if he actually used it would it annoy exactly. me. Like yeah. if he actually like, used he it to like, like if he actually used it for AEW. Right. And actually like used it, used it, then I would have a huge problem with it. But just right. using it to try it out just to see what it's like, which is Right. Are you still there, buddy? Because you cut out. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Okay, it's my stupid fucking phone. Every time I have to like not let it like shut, and I have to like not let it like go to sleep. Yeah, it wants to like go to sleep every like two seconds. Yeah, I have have the same problem with the computer right now. All right, so I'm gonna skip over because the next one's actually the main event. So the the second to last match was Omega and Osprey. Uh, the Black Pen picked Omega, and um, the Us picked Osprey. Um, by the way, just for a record, the Black Pen got one, uh, one, two, three, four, four right um, out of not the bad. matches. Yeah, not bad. Like for random picking plus whatever he was feeling at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, uh, the match itself, fucking awesome. Um, yeah, it was. I think they kind of had their cake in 82 with like the callous stuff, but not being the actual cause of the finish. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, I would, but, it, it's, I mean, it's an AEW match. It's not new Japan. So it's going to be a different style. So that's right. fine. Right. The problem that I have is that callous got kicked out. Right. And then came back. Right. Not only yeah. came back, but stayed back out to yeah, where it made no what... sense that he was kicked out in the first place. Yeah, I don't know what the point of kicking him out just to have him come back like that was. And then, like, to kick him out, but the two fucking security were still there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand that at all. That, that was a weird decision. Like, if, he, if he came back out literally for the last, like, few seconds and caused, like, Osprey the win or whatever, I would have like, been a lot more okay with that. But the fact that he came out, but then right. stayed out there for the last like few minutes of the match, made literally right. zero sense. Right, like if he had come out, tried to help Osprey, and like it didn't work, but then like he didn't know it because he hid or something, so the referee didn't see him. That would be okay. But the fact yeah. that he was just standing there, and the refs like, why the fuck wasn't like, why the fuck are you back out here? Just as yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the match itself, though, fucking awesome. Um, you've seen both matches. How does it compare for you to the first one? So, I would say the first match was more my style. Uh-huh. I just, there's something about, there's something about a New Japan match right. that is of that quality right? that just hits different for me. Right. That being said, though, this was Oh, this was a work of art. Will Ospreay is so fucking good at his job. Yeah. That man, that man got more heat. That man somehow got more heat than CM Punk on that night. 
Yeah. No, he did a good, like, yeah, he did a really good job. Um, I mean, part of it's that he's going against fucking Omega in Canada and yeah. then decided yeah. to disgrace the Canadian flag in the middle of the match. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, he's and the fact so that he, good, man. He's so fucking moment, good. It also showed how much, like, he's a student of the game because in that moment he, without really even seeming to think about it, basically did fucking Michaels at fucking Montreal. Like, it was yeah. just instantaneous, exactly what Michaels did at Montreal. is like an extra fuck you to Canadians. I just... Uh, yeah. God damn it. Happened again. I don't get yeah. a chance to gush over Will Ospreay very often, just because uh-huh. he is in New Japan mainly, so we don't get to see him that often in the States. Right. But, like, he is... He is easily one of my like top three favorite wrestlers of all time. Like yeah. him and Omega for me are just like, and that's why this feud is so just fucking delicious for me. Is because it's basically my two favorite wrestlers putting on amazing matches. Yeah, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see because I think I think you and I are both in agreement that they're definitely going to be uh, the third match is going to be in Wembley. So. Like they even brought that up at the again. I've only seen cl- little clips, but they brought it up at the scrum. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, it, it seems pretty set that it's gonna. It might even be the main event of Wembley is like Osprey versus Omega Three. That makes a lot of sense. So, but yeah, we'll have to, we'll see what happens. And then you I, get to see, and then you get to see a completely face Osprey. Well, not completely face, but like completely yeah. feared Osprey. And an yeah, Osprey that plays towards the crowd in more of a face manner. I mean, I, I will also say, as far as like his job, Osprey got me to, without prompting, say, you sick fuck when he licked the blood. Like, right? He's... Uh, did your phone go to sleep again? Again. Okay. I'm back. All right. All right. But yeah, so... Great match, just ten out of ten. Would recommend. I, I this one I won't even go into all the details because it should, you should just go watch it because it was really good. Yeah. Um, oh man, like if I could, if I could make any like the one suggestion I would make to people, it'd be hard to do, but because you basically have to get on New Japan. But like, if I, what I what I want to do, and I can't like what I want to do with you specifically because you haven't seen the first match is I would really love to have you watch the two matches back to back and like, have you basically compare them? That would be fun. We'll definitely keep it in I mind, think, especially if they do a third one in the series, we can yeah. make that like a goal, but it has to come at a point when we have access to all three matches. Exactly. The New Japan one's hard now, but even AEW is kind of hard after the pay-per-views are over. Yeah. So, I will say I do feel like you would probably prefer the second one. Yeah. But like I don't know, man. There's some there's You did it again. Your phone went to sleep. Oh, all right. We might have lost him for good. So I'm gonna uh we'll come back and finish this up. Hold on, everybody. This is only getting slightly annoying. Uh... 
Hey everybody, it's Jonathan Gilchrist. I'm just hopping in here on the break to tell you about one of the other podcasts on the Chaos is Everywhere feed. This week we're talking about Chaos the Final Frontier. Chaos the Final Frontier is your one-stop shop for watch-longs of sci-fi greats. Star Trek is our bread and butter, but we are expanding to hit anything sci-fi with Chaos the Final Frontier, and that is every Monday. And for your convenience, it is clearly labeled so you know what you're getting into before you dive right in. So check out Chaos the Foul Frontier, and we'll see you soon, everybody. Hey, buddy. Yo. Alright, alright, so we're back, ready to finish this up. Day later, dollar shorter, but here we are. Um, so we left off basically with one match left to go on the... Uh, Forbidden Door. Sorry for the abrupt edit. Hopefully everybody heard me say I was going to end the thing, so it won't be that abrupt, but I don't know exactly what got recorded at the end there. Right. But yeah, so we're on to Okada versus Danielson. Um, so first and foremost, first, I just because it was the first thing that happened, or one of the first things that happened, and I wanted to just make a note of it, uh, Final Countdown comes back. It's like... Danielson song. Yep. Uh, I heard some fun things about it. One, apparently Danielson was in a bad mood before it happened. He had no idea they were going to do Final Countdown and then like immediately was like ecstatic once he heard the song. <laughs> and then um, at the scrum, Tony Khan was asked like, is this a one-off? He's like, yeah, it's probably a one-off because it's expensive as fuck. He even compared it to the cost of an entire wrestler's contract. Jesus. That song for that one night. So, yeah, a lot of stuff about AEW and their music budget in this episode, but that that caught like that caught my ears. Like, really, a whole wrestler, a whole Bobby Fish, if you will. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah. So, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I thought it was cool, but that's gonna not be a thing. Although, like, I understand that that's like a lot of people know that song. I guarantee you, whoever owns the rights to that song could be making a lot more money if they let it be used as a regular theme song for less because that's what happens because wrestling fans just go out and they listen and they download the song that they hear every week, even if it is a song like that um, that's been around for a while. But whatever, teach their own, I suppose. I'm always saying that because I remember hearing like can the band uh, Kansas talk about how like their downloading of the song the elite uses go through the roof once the elite started using it. It's like yeah, right. but it seems about right. So yeah, I don't know how much they actually make on that though, because if we're just talking about like like oh like it's list- getting listened to on Spotify, you know what I mean? Like you don't make a lot of money, but you do get paid for the plays. So if it like ups the plays oh, a lot, you, yeah, no. it's not a lot, especially for the artist. But right. I kind of figured as much. That's probably yeah. why it's not ultimately that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would guarantee you it's not even the artist that's like making the money off the AEW deal either. It's probably yeah. recording like studio. Yeah, and, exactly. So, I mean, it's so, not, a, I mean, it's not really a big deal for them, so they might as well hang on to it, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, if they're not getting anything out of it, why? Yeah, why bother? But I did enjoy the like entrance. I thought that was really cool. Um, Okada's entrance was really good. Somebody made a TikTok where they like showed Okada coming out to Cody Rose's theme song, saying he's going to finish the story. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so as far as the match itself goes. 
Whoo boy, was that hard hitting. Uh, yeah. Danielson legitimately fractured his arm, apparently. Yep. <laughs> fractured, broken. I, I read broken arm, but. I, I think it was the same scrum where I heard him say he thought he fractured it, but maybe they've updated it since because obviously he's had it looked at by now. Right. Yeah, no, you could definitely tell, like, that was not a work he was holding. Like, his arm was limp, basically. Yep. Um, I didn't even see exactly when he did it. I just noticed. No, neither did I. It just all of a sudden I just started noticing him do it too during the match. And yeah, which but, I don't know when it happened, but if it was like beginning to middle of the game of the match, like, whew. it was towards the end, but that might just be when I noticed it. So, like, I don't think he was carrying it for most of the match, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I will also I want to point out that, uh, just because I don't know if you saw 20 it. minutes in, I guess, is when it happened. Oh, okay. And it's a broken um, forearm. It's broken. Uh, well, that, that'll take a little while to you know heal. Probably gonna. Although it's good. I mean, it's bad for him in that like he'll be out. But at the same time, his position with the BCC means he can be more the mouthpiece. Oh yeah, absolutely. Although I have heard people already say that that means he's probably going to be out of whatever blood and guts they had planned, yep. and might be back by the time it's all in. So. I guess we'll have to see what they end up doing with that. Um, but there's something. Else. Oh yeah, I wanted to piss you off and tell you that uh, Jim Cornette was talking shit about the Rainmaker clothesline and yeah. uh, how it's care. not a finish. <laughs> I don't really care, honestly. I just, I, I, the logic of it is what bugs me. Is like, man, things you do back in the age. Remember, like when a clothesline meant something, and then somebody has a clothesline that means something. Well, that clothesline doesn't mean anything because it doesn't. Like, you got all these other clotheslines. Like, what What the... How, yeah, what do you, do you want? Happen? Which one but do you yeah, want? That, that's one of my questions whenever I hear Jim Cornette for the most part, especially if he's talking new stuff. Is like, what would make you actually happy? Because it seems like the stuff the that would... Nothing. <laughs> no, the answer yeah. is definitely nothing. Because, like, his... Remember, people listen to his show to listen to him pitch about everything. Yeah. Like people, people listen to him to to listen to him be negative. So That's he true. can't, like, he can't really afford to be positive on too much stuff. That's true. Um, or else people would stop listening. Also, yeah, I think he genuinely is just a very negative, like, person. So. He can be. Yeah, he's definitely has that like feeling. And from what I've heard of backstage stories, it's not a new phenomenon. Yeah. He also knows that he's playing a character, so that he uh, he ups it to like eleven. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's the main reason, like, I don't really listen to him unless I see him talking about older stuff because that stuff, it's like, well, that's in the past. It doesn't really matter. And yeah. it's not going to be shitty on stuff for really no reason. It's going to be like, no, I was there. So that's why yeah, I'm exactly. shitty on it. Yeah. But, but yeah, back to the Okada match. I just, yeah, like a really good match. Like, somehow. I, th- I think Omega and Osprey are still like the best match of the night, but mm. it wasn't a it wasn't a huge dip. It was, it was really impressive. It was close. I agree. It was the best match. I I thought you were about to say I thought you were about to say o- Okada and Danielson, so I like preemptively went fuck you. Oh but... no, I was saying that like it because you just. Whenever you have a, ma- a match like Okada and Omega, or not Okada, Omega, Osprey and Omega, there's so many O's in this. Um, I know. For the last match, you usually get this weird dip. It's like the Hogan Rock at WrestleMania 
And then there was uh, Triple H and fucking Chris Jericho, I think, afterwards. And nobody fucking remembers the Triple H-Chris Jericho match because right. of Oak Rock. But in this case, like, it is definitely still the better match, but it wasn't, like, that huge of, like, a, oh, that, that also happened. That was still a really good match, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I wasn't surprised, like I said, after I saw the BCC lose, like, well, Danielson's not going to lose. Um, and actually, it ended up, because part of it's always about, like, how strong does New Japan as a company look? I think overall, um, even though there was a lot of AEW wins, I don't think New Japan needed the win of Okada to, like, as a company to look good. I think everything worked out pretty well for them. Overall. Yeah, I mean, it helps that there was n- there wasn't really all that much like straight up just New Japan versus AEW. Right. There was a lot there of matches with like mixed people on both sides. Exactly. Or... I think there was only four just straight up yeah. New Japan versus AEW. Oh well, no, no, I guess technically five. Yeah. Because technically Omega Osprey is AEW versus New Japan, even though I don't really consider. Yeah, it to be... for a New Japan title. And it started in New Japan. It feels like just a continuation of a New Japan storyline. Exactly. Yeah. But like in the grand scheme of things, a in those five matches, AEW came out on top three to two. Yeah. Yep. Sure did. And then if you add in the Fatal Four Way, I think it's another one because Orange Cassidy won. But yeah, just, but um, that's uh, yeah. I guess that counts too. I guess. Yeah. No, it's weird with that one because Shibata feels like an ROH person, even though he's not. No, he's he's got not. I know, but he's got the title, so that makes it feel that way. And then right. Zack Sabre Jr., even even though he has a New Japan title, has been on ROH TV a lot with that title, you know, working with Samoa Joe and shit. So, I don't know, it just didn't feel as New Japan-y versus AEW as it could have, I guess. Right, yeah. That. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's really that much else. I'm interested to see what they're going to do coming out of it with a bunch of stuff. Um, I did, uh, so I think that pretty much covers most of the stuff as far as like the titles and where we are with a lot of things. But there was one thing that I wanted to point out like from a week or two ago that I'm not putting here because I think it's most important. It's literally something I forgot to mention, um, but I really do like. So I know you're not a huge fan of what Jeff Jarrett's been doing, um, like the memphis side of it, but... It, I had a realization after they did the Memphis um, uh, concession stand brawl that I think what Jeff Jarrett's basic uh, job is, is to do main events that will draw people to live shows or to like a rampage. So even if you think that the storyline has been doing with Mark Briscoe is really gimmicky, which it was in like three separate weeks without having to like, overly hyped to a pay-per-view you've had matches that were like at least interesting you want to see what's going to happen and it was all for rampage and i think that's really good for rampage just because it's always kind of been on a weird footing that yeah. have something built just for rampage that's putting matches on that are interesting if nothing else so yeah no it's fine i don't really it's just not it's not like my favorite thing but i don't it's not like i hate it or anything yeah, I just like I had that thought. I think after the I prefer to match, see other wrestlers, but I mean it is what it is. Yeah, 
I had that thought after the tag match where I was like, oh, good, they're not going to try and make this a pay-per-view thing because it's not strong enough to do that. And then the right. next week, they go into the concession stand thing. Like, oh, that's the point. The point of this whole storyline is to give Rampage shit that yeah. is important, basically. Like, yeah. oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to give that a shout-out because that was a few weeks ago at this point. But um, yeah, I don't there's not a lot else to talk about because we haven't got to the next show yet. So there's really, uh, we're all just waiting to see what happens after forbidden door. Basically. Yeah. We'll find out tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited because tonight at midnight, I get to watch or get to play fight forever. So I'll definitely talk about that next time around. That's just because why the hell not? Cool. Um, I'm excited because in approximately like two, two and a half hours, I get to fall asleep and then, Wake up to go to my new old job. I mean, my thing seems more fun, but at least you get to make money. So, woo! Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, good for you. I'm I'm happy you're going back and you're excited to get started again. Yeah. Uh, excited to make I, money. I also have exciting news for our next episode of Chaos Everywhere, which I might oh, as well shit. talk about here. Oh, you so, might as well. A certain classic movie that we have tried several times to uh do for the podcast is again available on max no i mean only (laughs) only for one so unfortunately nine um no no no. the 1993 hulk hogan classic mr nanny is and i feel like we need to jump on we have a chance i'm so excited to watch the cinematic masterpiece yeah fun of it i'm so happy <laughs> i'm gonna work really hard to try and get dj madman on the same episode yeah. this ridiculousness needs to be shared oh, and suburban commando together so yeah. um yeah no, no i agree 100 regardless next week that'll be our case everywhere is uh, mr nanny so i hope everybody's Ooh. gonna enjoy that and yeah no, this will be a, a final like little catch-up basically because the thing cut off the last time so i don't really have anything else we need to do unless no, there's a to cover all right that's pretty much everything all we're right well, done we're good cool thanks eric bumpen for the theme song follow us on facebook at chaos everywhere follow me or follow the show at chaos pod show on tiktok you can also uh, write the show at chaos pod show at gmail and that's where you can make any suggestions you want uh for any future episodes and we'll mm-hmm. pretty much do anything Except for Backdoor Slots 9, because we just don't have that one yet. So, sorry. All right. We'll see you soon, everybody. Do sale.